Hi, welcome to another episode of The Green Room, a euphony podcast taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians, actors and comedians from around the world. Powered by Yamaha headphones, I'm your host, Tiana Speter. I am so stoked to be coming at you today. I'm two coffees in. It's a beautiful day. Let's do this. On the most recent episode of The Green Room, I had the absolute delight to spend some time with one of my musical heroes and a man who has definitely incited many sonic good times throughout his abundant career. I'm talking, of course, about Mr. Frank Carter, currently of Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes fame, previously of Gallows, Pure Love and many other musical shenanigans. While Frank's onstage ferocity is the stuff of legend, I was completely taken aback by this at times sort of softly spoken and of course extremely passionate individual. And in that episode we covered everything from the brand new Rattlesnakes album Sticky to how he amassed his army of collaborators for that outing. And we even delved into his take on the state of safety and empowerment at live shows, something he is extremely spirited about. And it was certainly proof that this man is more than a dynamo on stage. Definitely give that episode a whirl and you can also grab a watch of that one too over on YouTube. For today, we're still staying in the UK vein, but for this episode, we're featuring a band whose legacy this year clocks over four decades. For many, Duran Duran is a name etched into the very fabric of modern music. And for me personally, I actually knew the band name before I even knew their music. Duran Duran are just one of those bands you know, and for a damn good reason. While many associate the band with the quote-unquote new romantic new wave scene, with the second British invasion of the US swaggering in during the 80s amid the video age, including the very infamous Girls on Film music video that stopped me dead in my tracks at far too young an age, but I digress, there is an undeniable fact that Duran Duran haven't ever truly left or faded into the night to stage a so-called comeback. The band's output has been constant and consistent, even amid some occasional lineup changes. Sure, there were specific times and moments when the Duran Duran heyday reigned particularly supreme, but what this group have continued to prove since their first ever self-titled album back in 1981 is simply this. They are never content to wallow in nostalgia, and the band's brand new 15th studio album Future Pass that dropped today, aka October 22 for those playing along at home, It is a resounding declaration that Duran Duran are a band who can straddle genre-defying territory with a true appreciation for each other as a band. A flash in the pan they are not. Today, to celebrate the brand new release, I'm joined by Duran Duran bassist John Taylor to discuss feeling human, the enduring relationship amongst this group after so long, and ultimately creating and releasing an album against the backdrop of a pandemic. Awesome. Well, hello, John from Duran Duran. An absolute delight to have you here on the green room today. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Tiana. It's nice to be here. Well, I know it's a bit of a strange time. I mean, we're in 2021 and we all probably thought life would be a little bit more back to quote unquote normal, but it's also just over four decades since Duran Duran first formed. And here you are poised on the brink of your 15th full length album with Future Past officially ready to leap into the world. I know it's been a very long process to get to this point, but you guys have had a huge year this year as well with your Billboard Music Awards performance and everything else going on. But first and foremost, how are you feeling being on the precipice of such a huge new album release, given the extensive lead up to finally bring this into the world? Well, when you put it like that, I'm terrified. (laughs) I I don't like being on a precipice. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I, I think as you alluded to, it's definitely an unusual time to be doing anything today. You know, I mean, just like the, you know, and it almost, I, I, you know, just the idea, the normalcy of like, oh, well, we're just putting out an album and we're going to be going on tour and here we are promoting it and we're doing it again. It's the backdrop of, you know, at best weirdness, you know, I mean, you know, and, and at worst, real pain for some people, you know. So, you know, I, I think that this particular album, you know, because it was made in part under COVID rules and uh, you know and the process of making the album was 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 broken up you know uh we'd been working on the album for about a year and and then we went into lockdown last march closed the studio everybody went home and um you know we didn't we didn't do any work on on the music for about nine or ten months and when we came back to came back to it you know obviously you know we'd all gone through the experience of last year, which for those of us living in London and Los Angeles was, you know, a pretty extremely, you know, it was a, it was an unusual year. It was a difficult year. It was, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, even to not be directly involved, but just be, just be witnessing it on television and, you know, what everybody was going through. It was, it was, a, it was a tricky year. I think coming, going back to, going back to each other, you know, and we've been friends for a long time. It was pretty profound, and I think we were all kind of humbled by by the experiences that we that we'd had and that we'd witnessed others having. And uh, you know, so we really um, we really got down. It gave us a you know a real real power to get the album finished and feel like it was important work we were doing. You know, I mean, I mean, what else can you do? You know, this is what we do. You know. That's what members of Duran, we make Duran Duran music and then we throw it to the, you know, we throw it to the winds and and see what it does. And we hope that it can have some kind of a positive effect on on the culture, you know, on people that, you know, um, and um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you put it so well. I actually had a little cheeky listen last night while I was prepping for this very chat and I was, you know, just sitting there having a groove and then something I was like, it just put such a smile on my face and it seems to be like an album that maybe is so needed in so many ways, but like stylistically there's so much going on. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of collaborations as well. Like there's so much to unpack with it. I guess approaching this album, did you guys set out to kind of do something significantly different compared to like Paper Gods or All You Need Is Now? Like was there something prior to all the COVID stuff, prior to all of that, like did you actively want to make this something a little bit different and stretch yourselves a little bit further than usual? I don't, I, I don't know that we, I don't know that we really think in those terms. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm going to, this is going to be really pretentious, but you know, what artist doesn't pick up a brush with the hope to make a masterpiece? You know, I mean, like whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't set out to do a podcast and go, this is going to be a really shit podcast. <laughs> you, know, you start the day and you go, I want this to be a really good one. And we, you know, we all do. Of course we do. We want to bring our best game, you know, any, any time. So, you know, we definitely set out to do that, but you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know what's going to, you know, what's going to impact it, what's going to cause it to, to go in a certain direction. You know, I've got to, got to, got to call out our chief collaborators on this album, Errol Alcan, the producer and, um, 
Graham Coxon, guitar player extraordinaire, uh, Giorgio Moroder produced two of the songs. I mean, these guys particularly, you know, had a massive impact, you know, and really, you know, really drove us to to produce, to give our best, I would say. Um, but then there's, you know, there's themes. It's a very intimate album. It's a very, you know, lyrically, it's a very, very fucking, you know, op heart, you know, you know, heart open kind of album. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of themes of the challenges of intimacy and the challenges of long-term relationships. And um, which I dare to say, almost speak to the moment in a way. Um, I mean, a song like Invisible, which was the first song, you know, which, you know, you know, started out, you know, the songs got, I think Simon, you know, he try, always tries to write to the duality of like, he'll pick on a on a personal theme like you know like uh, you know i'm feeling really fucking invisible in this marriage right now because you're not giving me any any attention you know you're too caught up with other things and i'm just like feeling which let's face it we've all felt at one point in an, another and he wants to take that idea and he wants to make it you know he wants to make that experience sort of available to everybody that hears it so that so that you know every, everybody that listens go oh yeah i get that <laughs> i fucking get that you know <laughs> and um and 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 that was that was a song that was written before we went into lockdown but it kind of speaks to lockdown it kind of speaks to you know this experience that we're having we're all not we're all feeling you know a little bit less we're all feeling less seen um today even when you just if you just go up to the supermarket you know to get some supplies you know and you have that experience and like you know I, I never really noticed like how much I like you know when I do you know if I go you know even if I go and put some petrol in my car right and I have that you know and I'm in the line and I see the guy and I give him my credit card and I have that exchange with him I never really appreciated like what what actually what actually takes place you know between myself as a human being and this you know, and a group of other human beings that are all involved in that exchange. And, you know, with masks, it's a different experience. We don't, it's, it's, it's different, you know, and we don't, there's not as much em empathy is exchanged in the experience. And an experience is banal and nothing as, you know, as putting petrol in the car, you know, going to the supermarket times 10, you know, and I think we, you know, we were like, oh, fuck, I, I really like, I really rely on people I don't know to make me feel human. You know, every time, you know, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant and you have that exchange with the waiter and, and, and it's like, and yes, you're asking him to bring you a coffee in it, whatever it is, a sarni, you know, but you're also having that repartee, that rapport that, 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 that makes you feel more human. You know, and just makes you feel good about yourself, and you, and 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 it's just, and and we're not having that in the same way. Stay with me after this short break as John from Duran Duran unpacks starting a musical career in the late seventies and early eighties, and he also shares the secret sauce behind not breaking up, which is relevant for marriages, jobs, and of course bands. That and more after this. Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. 
if, like me, you have a gig-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows. So, you know, those kinds of things are going on and have been going on and, um, you know, it's not... I mean, you know, Tonight United is another example of a song, you know, that's, that's, that's a song, you know, one of the album's songs. And it was one of the last songs that we wrote. And that, again, was written before anybody had used the word COVID-19. And we, and we but, but at the same time, you know, speaking for Britain and America, it was very fractious. And, and people were being divided into, you know, Brexit had happened and Brexit was, had been dividing people and Trump was dividing people. And, and it just, and we were like, you know, let's make a unity song. Let's write a song for unity. Let's just, let's write a song that people can stand together and sing, you know, and then now it comes out on an album and it, and it kind of, you know, I mean, I'd love people to be able to feel that song and, and, and use that song as a, 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 you know, as a way to, you know, to reflect, you know, the coming back times. I'm hoping we are going to be entering into the coming back times. This sounds like I'm just saying this. I actually was going to ask you if there was a particular favourite on that album. Tonight United is actually my favourite song on the whole album. I've got it written here. I just, right. yeah, it's got such a beautiful connection to it. And I think it just speaks to testament, the testament that Duran Duran can transcend seemingly time and space. Like for a band who has been at this for a very long portion of your lives and as a part of many other people's lives, like it's incredible that, you not only can flourish, but you can also capture all these themes and accidentally maybe predict the future and put out a song that we actually all needed without even realising it. So it's a pretty incredible superpower you guys seem to have. Cool. Well, I don't know how, you know, I don't even know how to follow that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, we're on a, you know, we're like on a, you know, an investigative journey you know I mean you know we started out you know and it was we had no idea what we were doing really you know we were just reflecting our our times and um you know it was a fantastic moment in culture you know the late end of the 70s the early 80s was a really fantastic time to be in music and uh, and for us now to be making, still making music together and writing songs together, you know, you've really got to dig deep, you know. But I mean, there should be a lot to say, really. We've seen a lot. We've experienced a lot, you know. I mean, like I say, it just comes down to sort of, you know, wanting to just bring the best that you can bring, you know. Mm. You know, we're, all, we're always going to be a little bit frustrated that it's not quite, you know, I wish it was a bit more of this and Nick's going to think oh, I wish it was a bit more of that but you know but <clears throat> but we've got this thing we've we've created this this brand if you will and um you know we just try to we just try to make the do the best by the brand terrible thing to say really isn't it sounds so no but I think that's use how that. it should I, be I, think, I remember so, I think I first used that word well maybe I remember I first time I used the word brand in association with the band you know it was about 10 years ago I think it was like oh <laughs> but I think it's good I think it's it's there must be a secret recipe to longevity somewhere in there and clearly you guys still are so passionate about it you're so proud of it too and that speaks volumes about potentially why the enduring capacity is still there I mean a lot of people 
have not lasted this long and, you know, 15 albums is genuinely nothing to sneeze at. We've all got friends, couples that have been together seemingly forever. And, you know, when they break, you know, and if when they break, really, really knock you, you know, it's like, oh, my God, we thought we thought Bob and Jesse were going to be together forever, you know, and it shakes you up because it almost like your togetherness, you know, you know, seems somehow connected to their togetherness. And suddenly Bob's on his own and running around and he's got a new girlfriend and you're like, hey, hang on a second. Maybe I want a new girlfriend. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think that there's a <laughs> there's to some degree, there's a responsibility um, to <laughs> society to stay together. You've got to have a really fucking good excuse to break up is my point. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, we've been through periods where I'm like, you know, yeah, I'd like to play with a different drummer and I'd like to have a blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, these dudes are like the best dudes you could possibly want to work with on a daily basis. And I've looked and I can tell you that for a fact, they're an amazing <laughs> bunch of guys. And for all the shortcomings, you know, nobody's perfect. They're an amazing bunch of guys to want to like go back in Let's write another song together. How about, are we going to write a fast one today? Or are we going to try and write another ballad that makes people cry? You know, <laughs> what is it that we're going to do? You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and are we going to go on the road? You know, how do we feel about going on the road? Do you want to play clubs or should we try to go, should we do a big show? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and a lot of it is about, a lot of, honestly, you know, you ask what the secret sauce is about staying together and it's just not breaking up most of the time. You know, it's just not <laughs> breaking up. You know, I like to say, <laughs> Step away from, step away from the detonator, Mr. Taylor. You know, just like, just those. I mean, who doesn't go through? You know, who doesn't think like that? I mean, every fucking week or month, you think, "Fuck this." <laughs> Whether it's your job or your marriage or your relationship or, you know, or whatever it is, you know, what you know, or some, you know, and it's just not doing that. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's just not doing that. It's just like, you know, just trusting, you know, in it, in it. Um, yeah, that's very and, British. Uh, I love it. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I think that the, the nine months, <laughs> the, the, the sort of the period of time that we took off from each other on this album, you know, and I went back to Los Angeles, which is where I live with my family and, and everybody went, you know, those everybody went home and they, they dealt with the, the solitary confinement in, in different sorts of ways and, when we came back together, we were so fucking grateful. I mean, when we came back together, it was like group hug time. It was like, we fucking survived, you know? And, and like, okay, well, we're still standing. So what does that mean, you know? And I think everybody, and, and a dose of humility like that is always good for a, for a group of group like us, you know, just, uh, just reminds you to just that you're not, you know, you're just not here to change the world. You're just here to, you know, finish an album. Well, and finish you did, and what an incredible outputting it is with Future Past. I know you have a lot of other things to get on with your day with, so I will hit you with my final question. Considering I have dragged you onto the Green Room podcast today, what is one essential item that John Taylor likes to have backstage in his Green Room? I have to have a, I have to have an amplifier. I have to have a bass. I have to be able to warm up. I don't like, I like, I like, I like to play like for half an hour at least, and then just like walk out on stage. So I'm nice and, so my fingers are warm. Um, 
that's important to me. I love it. It's that's very, very practical too. So I really appreciate the practicality and a beautiful, beautiful very practical. Like <laughs> boringly practical. But it's actually. wholesome. It's wholesome. But a huge congratulations on Future Past. It is an awesome. absolute gift from Duran Duran. And it's just wheeled so much joy and so much of what we need right now. So thank you for your time and for the album. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Well, there you have it. John Taylor from Duran Duran sharing some of the secrets to an enduring career from a wholeheartedly prolific band. For new and old Duran Duran fans alike, the group's brand new album Future Past is out in the world today. It has actually been a long time coming, but it's been an amazing lead up to album number 15 for the Birmingham Bunch. And I definitely recommend it for some listening. Perhaps hop on straight after this and grab a listen. But before you go and do that, before I love and leave you, If you've missed any previous episodes of The Green Room or perhaps you're looking to discover a new podcast along the way, jump on over to euphony.com.au, that's E-U-P-H-O-N-Y, and you can hear all about it. And while today's episode is an audio-only edition, there are also a heap of video episodes of The Green Room, including my two guests from last week, Tom Morello and Frank Carter, and there's a whole lot more kicking around there. Search The Green Room with Tiana Spita and... While you're at it, why not give the channel a subscribe and you can keep up to date with all the latest episodes the moment they go live. Likes, follows, reviews, comments, whatever else you've got to show us some love is always welcome. A little goes a long way and we're always so stoked to hear from you and check out what you think about The Green Room, so please keep them coming. Well, it's been a heap of fun, but that is officially it from me this week. Take care, have a fantastic week, and I'll catch you next Friday right here on The Green Room. Spita is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, produced by Tiana Spita and Andrew Mast, with Pharrell D'Souza and Henry Gibson providing research, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Truick.